This is a Culture Inject production. The Nevers Podcast presents Firefly Back in the Skies. Power in the verse can stop me. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to our retrospective series, Firefly Back in the Skies. I'm Laura. And I'm Tyke. And this week, we are watching War Stories. Wash, angered by Zoe's close relationship with Mal, convinces the captain to take him along on their next away mission. Unfortunately for Wash, the mission does not go smoothly as hoped, when Adlai Nishka decides to take his opportunity to avenge himself on the crew for past grievances. This episode initially aired on December 6th, 2002. Which seems like an eternity ago. So our cast and crew, we've got the usual players with some guest appearances from Michael Fairman, Catherine Kendall, Rolando Molina, John Dunn. And this episode was written by Cheryl Kane and directed by James Contner. I, say, I do love this. I do love this episode. Uh, it begins, as they all do, on Serenity with Simon reviewing the data he collected on River from the 3D Neuroscanner last week in Ariel. Shepard looks over his shoulder, musing about the warrior poet Shan Yu who Simon refers to as a psychotic dictator, Book cites a Shan Yu quote that suggests the way to learn about someone truly is to torture them and wonder if that was the purpose behind the brain surgery done on River. Elsewhere, crime lord Adelaide Nishka, last seen in the train job, is having another traitor tortured, also alluding to Shan Yu. His assistant, Victor, interrupts him to announce a nearby Firefly-class ship that might belong to Malcolm Reynolds, the man who reneged on a business um, arrangement with Nishka. Uh, A delighted Nishka orders his man to fetch the culprit. I think this is one of my favourite cold opens in the whole series. Just the way it counterbalances the two references to Shan Yu is just, it's classic Whedon and I love every part of it. Yeah, I like how you have, um, obviously, book first talking about how you only really meet a person when, you know, they're pushed to the edge. Mm. And then it's interesting how you see someone as kind as book talking about how he's obviously intrigued by this prospect. And then someone as, like, psychotic as Nishka also talking about the same, like, philosophy. And it's, like, for two men who are so different to be talking about this same, like, idea Mm. is a very interesting, interesting thing to see kind of viewing the same idea but from two drastically opposed viewpoints it's it's, it's very clever yeah. to balance that all out so well back on serenity kaylee playfully chases river around the cargo bay after the girl took my apple despite jane having contributed a crate's worth to the ship's stores amid the noise inara urges mal to respect the privacy of her imminently arriving client a counselor of some political importance mal reassures her that he won't cause a scene like the last time in Shindig, where he tried to sword fight someone for her affections. But Inara is also concerned about the other crew ogling her client. I love the, um, uh, ah, the pitter-patter of tiny feet in combat boots. <laughs> yeah. That's that got to is... be one of my favourite. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, <clears throat> this, this episode has so many just, like, iconic lines, and that is definitely one of them. Another one is yeah. coming up in a bit. But, um, yeah, it's nice to see, nice to see River kind of being normal and just enjoying time you know with uh with kaylee 
like another great thing about this episode is it this I think this is one of the episodes that really has kind of the looming spectre of continuity over it. Not only is the villain of the episode like relating back to a prior course, but we see everyone's like, why is Jane bought all these apples? It's like, oh, you know, yeah. being as a viewer, we know it's him trying to make up for screwing them over in the past episode. It's mm-hmm. it's very well done. Um, so later we see Zoe and Wash puzzle over Jane's generosity. Kaylee asks why Zoe and Mal always cut up their apples. And Zoe uh, and Mal, who joins them later on, uh, tell a war story about grizzled grenades. Uh, tiny pressure-sensitive grenades that were embedded explosives in apples uh, by Alliance troops. Wash sardonically embellishes on the story, annoyed at the frequent references to his wife's long history with the captain. Um, Mal vetoes Wash's idea to improve their profit from the medicine sales by bypassing the local middlemen. And Wash is surprised by this because Zoe had told him that she hadn't run it by the captain. Hmm. This is our tension is building between Mal and Wash uh, scene. <laughs> but I love the little story where, like, they said, oh, yeah, and we bit the apples and everyone just kind of ended at the ribcage. And Wash is like, because I can turn to Kay, like, but it's okay that these apples are healthy. They're really trying <laughs> to make this story a bit less freaking horrific than it actually is. Yeah, for the for the children who are, in fact, both adults, but mm. um, they are like the innocent ones of the crew. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I love the whole, yeah, Jane being, Jane's being so generous with his cut. <laughs> this is very unlike him, but he's obviously turned... Phil's guilt, and I think in this episode across the board, he like you see him, he's like turning a new leaf, and seems to have actually um, his true feelings and care for the for the crew coming out. Very much, I I, I mentioned it before, but I, I really do think this would have been the start of the chain redemption arc if we'd had a chance to actually see it through. But yeah, so we then jump to the bridge where Zoe admits to Wash that yes, she had mentioned it to Mal. Yes, Mal had disagreed, and finally, sadly, she had accepted it without arguing, and then lied to Wash so as not to upset him. This makes Wash all the more upset because of her casual deference to Mal and her dishonesty with him. Their argument is fantastic. It features one of like yet another absolutely iconic line for this kind of this episode, but it's just really the whole series. They're like properly going at it. And uh it's always like, yeah, because that's what this marriage needs. One more shouting match. And was like, Wash is like, no, what this marriage needs is one fewer husband. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, that's what I've, put, I've written. Uh, this marriage needs one less husband. And then I've just put, oof. Like, <laughs> oof. <Yeah>. Oof. <laughs> there are very <laughs> few situations where Wash, can will a fu- where Wash can win a fight with Zoe. But that one is definitely round one to wash. Jesus. That is brutal. We then jump to the Tam's quarters where River is fondly reminiscing about her afternoon of fun with Kaylee, but her chaotic thoughts intrude despite Simon's treatments. Elsewhere, Book is chiding Kaylee and Jane for trying to steal a peek at Anara's arriving client, while sneakily trying to sneak a peek himself, who turns out to in fact be a woman against the crew's expectations. While Kaylee babbles her admiration of Anara's client, Jane quickly departs with the now iconic, I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> Such a short line, but that's 
one of the most repeated lines, I think, in all of Firefly. Like, I've heard so many people drop that quote. Yeah, I think one of my signed things has it. I'm just looking over. My figurine says, um, shiny, let's be bad, guys. But my, my photo that I have signed by uh, Adam Baldwin says, I'll, I'll be in my bunk, I think. <laughs> I think. Yeah, it's uh, definitely one of the most iconic lines. And, you, you know, it's just, it's so versatile. It's used a few times throughout this show, uh, throughout this episode, sorry. Yeah, I love, I love how this is starting with, like, Book, his being all, like, you know, Book, and his, you know, an irony to her privacy, let's leave her to it. And then the next second, he's, like, standing up, moving closer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, even Book can't resist, like, the temptation to be a bit nosy. One slight thing, I always thought it a bit weird that, like, when you know, there's, there's the whole set of the joke of the the bodyguard guy comes on and Matt's like, "Oh hi, I'm your clear to the council." Like, I've never seen a dude that looks more like a flunky in my life than that bodyguard when he comes in. Like, everything about yeah. that guy screams second, maybe third in command. That was clearly not a counselor. And you have to think, like, I know Mal is a bit of a sort of, you know, he's, he's an old soldier. He's not one for socializing and whatnot but you have to think he would have noticed that that guy was clearly hired muscle that was not a guy anyone would put in charge of anything yeah what i found funny was that like he greeted him thinking it was the 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 counselor or whatever and then when she actually boards there's no like oh hi i'm the captain or he's just like stunned and she don't give a good damn she's just with an aura (laughs) going off but yeah, I like um, uh, another line in in the the bit with uh, River and Simon, um, where she's he's like, you know, you're my beautiful sister, and then she's just like, I threw up on your bed. <laughs> yeah, that is a great one. She's just, oh, bless him. Anyway, moving on, um, preparing the unused shuttle for their business uh, rendezvous. Zoe and Mal discover that it's been sabotaged by Wash, who demands that he go with Mal to the meeting. He explains that he wants to take Zoe's place at Mal's side, so they don't bring back yet another tale of adventure-laden bonding. Um, An annoyed Zoe leaves them to their mission, and Mal reluctantly agrees. Another great scene with these guys. (laughs) My favourite line in this bit was Mal when he says, he's just like, in the middle of this husband and wife's squabble, and he's just like, he's like, I'm lost, I'm angry, and I'm armed. Basically, <laughs> yeah. like, guys, can you stop pushing me to the edge? Sort, sort your shit out, and, uh, you know, I've got a job to do. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> like, I love you guys, but don't push me to the edge, right? <laughs> mm. Okay, so, yeah, in her quarters, Inara's massaging the counselor while remarking that when she does choose one of her rare female clients, she does so because they are extraordinary in some way, and hints that the counselor's gift is allowing Inara herself to relax and serve her own needs as well as the counselor's. Meanwhile, Wash defends his assumption of Zoe's role to Mal and winds up hauling the merchandise to the meeting. As the milk run does go down, the middlemen are killed by men who suddenly arise from the sands to capture Mal and Wash. I'm not going to lie. I do think you could quite easily lose a minute from this episode by just cutting out that scene with Anara and the counsellor. Like, it literally adds nothing. Well, it's a necessity, isn't it? Even if you wanted the conversation to know that, like, Anara... Because it's almost Anara saying she's never fully comfortable when she has, like, all her male clients, right? Mm. That she can never, like, really be herself. She's always acting, putting on an act. And this is, like, a chance for her to actually kind of relax and enjoy herself. But, like... <sighs> 
really it's like the studio just saying we need some skin yeah we need some hot action let's just uh get a little scene in here please just so that people like jane can enjoy a little bit of <laughs> yeah <laughs> a little bit yeah. of action um but yeah and then moving on to the uh wash lugging that <laughs> the box <laughs> I'll learn as I go. It's funny because you... I'm mostly learning about carrying. So funny. Yes, I'm learning about carrying now. (laughs) Because, you know, if it was Zoe and Mal, they'd be, like, carrying one side of the box each and just walking fine and being fine. But Mal's just like, well, you're here, you can carry it. You you insisted on coming, this is it. (laughs) It's great, again, like, as the episode goes on, his kind of false bravado kind of builds and builds and builds and then just absolutely crashes when they get kidnapped and then you see him actually start to build up some real kind of some real you know steel in his spine it's, it's interesting to see mm. yep it's a good journey for wash and unfortunately uh, a torturous journey but <laughs> so later on um zoe becomes concerned about what happened to their missing crewmates book volunteers to accompany them and at the deserted meeting site determines the weaponry used to take their people zoe notices the abandoned supplies and a burn trail left on the ground by a short-range craft not commonly part of a spaceship but of a space station adding up the evidence she determines that nishka is behind the kidnapping good to see lack of brain cells jane jump in and be like hey there's like burn trails here and like mm. this isn't this you know it's like oh jane jane has some knowledge yeah, I mean, he's not you know not great at socialising or you know reading social cues or staying honest, but he is very good at what he does, which is shoot people and know things that are used to shoot or move people. Credit where it's due, and it's yeah more knowledge of uh, more more showings of books, strange underworld knowledge. Like oh yeah, look at these burn patterns. This was clearly from a particular sniper rifle that I've obviously used lots of hunting rats at the Abbey. Like no, dude, come on, just. Just tell us your story, man. There's clearly a lot going on there. We then cut to Nishka's Skyplex, where the kidnappies sort of bicker, with Wash becoming increasingly more and more furious about both the danger that Mal regularly exposes Zoe to, and the fact that she obeys Mal and does these things. Wash questions Mal's assertion that his first mate doesn't blindly obey him, but Mal backs it up by claiming that he told her not to marry Wash. Nishka then appears, and soon his torture begins with the Shan Yu-inspired zappy torture and but still wash and mal spend the entire time continuing to bicker all the while refusing to acknowledge the fairly uncomfortable situation they're in then we see uh mal notices that wash's anger keeps him from collapsing so he hints about a sexual history with zoe wash however is sure this never happened and claims that mal should uh, should sleep with her just so that his wife could get you know, past what Wash feels is a fixation on her captain. Mal accepts to keep Wash from breaking. The way their, their bickering starts off quite kind of legitimate, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, we do this." Mal, she's my wife. Why are you bringing her into these situations? It's like, oh, Jesus Christ, dude. And yeah, you know, then they obviously they start getting tortured, which is pretty messed up. And like, that's the part where you see Mal stops being Captain Mal of the Serenity and starts being captain mal army guy like he he can tell that wash is in a bad way and he's, he's really pushing to try and kind of press those sore spots to keep him awake and keep him conscious it's it's kind of where you start to see the mal like you know he really is every, like every, like we see, hear all these things about how he's this you know ultra badass like he really is actually pretty hardcore like he is just as good as we always hear he is yeah, at the end of that, where he's like, you know, she doesn't do everything that I say. She married you. Oh. You're like, oh, 
did Mal tell, you know, tell her not to marry him? Because, <gasps> why? Yeah. And, which they discuss, discuss in the little later bit, don't they? I believe so, yeah. And it's, it's kind of hilarious that he's like, oh, yeah, you, you just discourage shipboard romances because of your own issues. They're all just sitting there just thinking of Anara. Like, no, he doesn't have any issues with shipboard romances. What are you saying, Wash? Meanwhile, back on the ship, Zoe is collecting all the funds remaining from the aerial job in order to pay off Nishka to release her shipmates, counting on his perverse code to treat this as a business transaction. She turns out to be partially correct because the sadistic criminal sadistic criminal whimsically offers to release only one of the two men for the price she offers expecting to be entertained to see zoe's dilemma nishka is disappointed when she quite rapidly chooses her husband before he can even finish his taunt instead nitcher nishka has his torturer sever mal's ear and give it to zoe as a refund it's not even that the actual scene where you see his ear get cut off that's gross it's like every subsequent scene you they make sure to shoot it from the side where you see the kind of deformed hole that's left in the side of his head like uh, it just looks so gross yeah i was looking actually i was like they did a really good job with Mm. the the prosthetics yeah i was just gonna say um because they're collecting all the funds and again because of Jane's last discrepancy he's like he's just straight in there he's not even like oh mm. uh, uh, this is my money blah 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 he's just like throws it in you're like ah oh. and again like you said this would have been like the turning point again of his like redemption almost but yeah, he's starting to understand the value of the team and wants to kind of be part of it now and then yeah she kind of strolls in and she's like yeah I, here's my money I want my guys back and he's like yeah you can have one like, yeah great I have my husband thanks like, doesn't even question it for a second like yeah give me my husband he's, he's fine he, Mal can survive on his own he's all good give me my husband and just walks out so good she's like oh I'm sorry we were expecting yeah. more, more time nope give me my husband fuck off because he's obviously into these like um, these games and mm-hmm. these like just messing with people, right? He loves torture. And that would be a form of torture, like toying no, with someone. Oh, well, you know, this is only enough for one person. Before he even, like, gets into, like, what he's trying to say, she's just like him. Yeah. <laughs> she's so great. <laughs> she is decisive as our Zoe. So um, she chooses Wash because, you know, he is her husband. And like you yeah. said, Mal can look after himself. So by the time Zoe gets uh, Wash back to the shuttle, he immediately prepares for a rescue mission. The rest of the crew choose to assist Wash and Zoe while Inara tries to gain assistance from the counsellor. Uh, Wash takes Serenity in for a precision stealth breaching, allowing the crew to board the station before the defenders can respond. Yeah, they've they've pushed through the fire and have, you know survived the torture. Now he's like, chill, actually, I kind of like this guy now. We probably, we probably should go in and rescue him. Very cool. And the whole kind of call to arms scene where the two of them are getting ready and everyone's like, this is a dumb idea. You're going to die. Well, I say everyone. Jane is like, this is a dumb idea. You're going to die. You have no chance. They all get ready. They leave and everyone's out there getting ready. Like, come on, let's do this. We've got to rescue the captain. <laughs> and then he ends up covered in like six different guns. Freaking Vera in arms. It's too much. Nah. Actually, no, I think it's about right. It's about right. Vera is just, that's, that's pretty gun. I was looking at it like, oh, I need it. Because I've made some yeah. for other people, but I need to make one for myself so I can actually display and keep because it is just like probably my favourite gun. Um... I love as they walk onto the ship as well, and she just hands the the ear in the in the fabric to <laughs> to Simon. 
he's like looks they're all like oh my god and I think it's Jane isn't it he's like what are we gonna do clone him <laughs> yeah. it's oh, like, man. oh Jane <laughs> after Mal has endured further torture without breaking Nishka has a device affixed to Mal's chest which forces thin tendrils underneath his skin causing extreme pain the next scene in the torture chamber reveals that Mal has died his tormentors revive him, leaving the weakened captain unrestrained on the table as they slice him with wire cutters. This scene, this scene is so messed up. Like, seriously, like, I'm not... I, I know if I was in a situation, I would break in a second. They'd be like, all right, we're going to talk to you now and just hold up something kind of shiny and spiky. And they'd be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll tell you what you want. What do you want to know? My pin code's this. There's my home address. Have at it. Here's my keys. Just don't put that freaking tendril monster anywhere near my junk, please. Oh, and it's like it's going you can see all the the, the things going under his skin Ugh, fuck that no not a chance I think amongst this uh, we have like in the last bit all of them kind of like gunning up and ready for their entry I love a uh, book they're like you know you what, what's what's you know the bible's take on guns here and <laughs> gun violence basically and he's like well you know the bible's fuzzy on kneecaps <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another <laughs> absolutely iconic line. <laughs> I just oh, love so it when good. Book comes out with stuff like that. And obviously when we see, you know, he was talking about all the guns earlier and he's obviously got like experience with guns and like mm. war and whatever. But at this point in the show, you have no idea what Book's actual background is. Mm. So it's just more Clearly and more intrigue of like, yeah, what kind of messed up past has Book really had? <laughs> So um, as we move on further, uh, Zoe leads Jane and Wash towards the torture room. Uh, Book, Simon and Kaylee stay behind to prevent the station personnel from taking the shuttle. Simon's aim is poor, but Book expertly shoots the men's legs, as we said, (laughs) and easily dodges uh, return fire. Kaylee, however, is unable to return fire at all and retreats when pressed by enemy gunfire. Then River, who has stayed out of the gunfight up to this point, appears and takes Kaylee's pistol. After a quick glimpse at the attackers, River emerges and kills all of the enemy troops with single gunshots while her eyes are closed, leaving a visibly shaken Kaylee and saying, no power in the verse can stop me. Oh, <laughs> such a great scene. Although I would, two kind of two things really jumped out at me from this scene. One, Book just casually dodging gunfire and shooting a guy is boss yeah. as fuck like he literally dodges a bullet that's like a that's peak human feet at least secondly zoe's like all right we need to hold this room if we lose this room we're screwed this is a vital room hold it so why on earth would anyone think kaylee was the right person to make their final stand like i'm sorry if you leave kaylee to defend your point of no return you deserve to lose it. She is not a killer. She is not a fighter. Why was she even there? Like, give her a pistol to defend herself if she absolutely has to. Of course, you don't want to leave her unarmed. But don't actually expect her to just randomly shoot someone. You're setting yourself up for trouble by doing that. Yeah, it's, oh, poor Kaylee. It is that kind of thing of, like, like you say, if it came down to the end of it, like, maybe she'd be able to but like she's just the kind of person she's not gonna hurt anyone unless she like absolutely absolutely has to and obviously she backs down so you know then we have badass river who's just yeah. again we're seeing like more and more of like what she's capable of 
she just takes the quick glimpse at them and then without even looking yeah boom 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 off they go and she's just so great because she's this like innocent character Mm. that has all this hidden stuff that we're finding out and she takes the lines she's an imitator right we've seen that Mm. and that's what we get here we get that innocent line that Kaylee said at the beginning of the episode um and she says it after killing people no power in the verse can stop me and she says it in such a way and you just have Kaylee looking at her like literally scared for her life almost of someone who previously in this episode she's playing with and having fun with like their sisters Mm. how can you go from like fighting over an apple with someone that you've seen just like take one glance into a room and then blind fire three times and kill three people like that is not we're talking about book being able to dodge bullets like being able to just one shot three guys after a second of looking that is beyond that is like superhuman shit that's like hawkeye levels of accuracy and that is fucking terrifying yeah because when book got because he like dodges out the way and i was like oh no did he get clipped because again i haven't watched this um for a while where i don't remember 100 percent of it like Mm. i used to watch it like religiously all the time like 10 years ago or whatever so I was like, oh, he, like, book got clipped or whatever. And then when he comes back out, I'm like, oh, no, he didn't. He literally just dodged a bullet. <laughs> it was like that. But, yeah, seeing this seeing this side of River is, um, I mean, it's awesome, obviously, but Kayla's quite clearly very scared. Yeah, and given how it was in a particularly tense situation at the time, that's just going to make it all worse. Like, she was already terrified. And then seeing this person that she's kind of friends with do something that freaky it's like this is all too much Ah. so now deep inside the skyplex the intrusion alarm distracts nishka mel uses the distraction to take out the torturer with the same tendril producing device used on him earlier revenge um (laughs) (laughs) as mel starts to beat on the retreat in nishka the torturer recovers giving his boss a chance to escape the rescuers arrive to find Mal being throttled by the torturer over a huge automated factory pit at the centre of the Skyplex. Though Zoe initially suggests Mal would insist on defeating the torturer alone, he protests and his crew quickly gun the man down. Oh. <laughs> I, I just love how Whedon has this ability to just completely flip kind of tropes on their head. Like, they, you know, they come in... Mal's fighting for his life. He's like, hell yeah, I've got to do it. This is, this is my hero moment. And so he's like, no, this is his fight. He has to do it. Like, no, it's not. Shoot this dickhead. I'm dying here. Come on. Who gives a damn about heroism? I want to live. I've got like six holes in me. I've died three times today. I don't give a shit about heroism. Shoot him. Just help me, please. Oh, so good. I like, um, and how quickly she she's great. Gina's yeah. great. So how quickly um, like she switches. She's like, this is something he needs to do on his own. It's like, no, it's not. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. Uh, yeah. So enemies all defeated except for Nishka, who ran away like a chicken. Mal joins the crew in Serenity's cargo holds where he fiddles with his reattached ear, courtesy of equipment supplied by the counsellor. Simon expresses discomfort at killing people, but Book reassures him that it's unlikely he did actually kill anyone in the gunfight. And in the dining room, in a very saffron-like display of marital devotion, Zoe serves her recuperating husband some soup. Mal enters to remind Wash of the agreement they made during their torture. (laughs) To Wash's objections, he explains to Zoe about their uh, mutual 
burning sexual tension. <laughs> Zoe plays along, and the war veterans awkwardly move as if to embrace each other. An irate Wash finally gets up, drags his wife off, and announces that we'll be in our bunk. <laughs> <laughs> the episode ends with Jane immediately descending upon the abandoned soup. Mmm, free soup. <laughs> free, best soup. free soup is the best soup. <laughs> so I, I think, um, yeah, so obviously hilarious. I love Mal fiddling with his ear because it is, isn't it? Like you have an itch or a scratch or uh, like a spot and it's like this temptation to itch it, but he's literally had his ear reattached. It's like you don't want to lose your ear, right? Stop fiddling with that. <laughs> It's like, uh, I think I've put it on pretty good, but if you keep playing with it, you're going to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like a little boy. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I love how they played the whole kind of not quite kissing scene with Mal and Zoe. Like, just they, they purposefully made it so freaking awkward. And they're like, yes, was- we, we have to do this now. It's our... our- our sexual tension demands it. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> so funny, but so so wrong. It Love was, it. yeah, it's so perfect. It's funny how like the two people they've got such chemistry as friends and as you know, like mm. comrades and whatever. <laughs> Yet you can clearly see that they've never, ever, ever, even for a second, thought about each other in that way. Yeah. The other funniest bit at the beginning of this is obviously the Simon part. The oh, <laughs> the discomfort of like yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about having like shot people or killed people. And books just like, it's okay, son. I don't think you need to. <laughs> I, I I don't think you have yet. Like you still haven't shot anyone. <laughs> yeah. And then on the on the flip side of all this comedic stuff stuff happening, we have the the Kaylee and River situation. Mm. So Kaylee's obviously off about this, but she's not told anybody. Right, she doesn't want to tell Simon that her sister killed two people. Yeah, especially following that conversation. Yeah, and then so yeah, we're like, oh, they're going to be off for now because, and they've gone from being, you know, really playful sisters, best friends, or whatever, to the end of the episode, Kaylee being literally like traumatized and scared of River. But River's like still this innocent person who doesn't understand mm. like what she's done. So she's going to be weirded out and messed up because she won't know why Kaylee isn't like being fine around her it's very um very well done it is yeah again it's you know it's in the same way that this episode started with the alternate takes on the you know the work of Shan Yu you then see it, it finishes with another kind of alternate version we mean we see uh River and Kaylee playing in sort of the second scene, but the opening of the episode is them in looking at each other in the cargo hole. You know, no power in the verse can stop me. Ha ha ha! Apples are fun. And then in the same cargo hold, in the same positions with you know her up high and Zoe down below, um, Kaylee down below, and it's like so, oh, all that tension is suddenly built up, and it's like it's, you know the same same location, same people, same situation, but a completely different scene. It's yeah, and just about like the whole theme of the episode obviously being torture. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting because we go from like real torture to like the torture that kind of Wash is going through, it, uh, thinking about like Mao and Zoe all the time. Um, and then at the end, we have the, the comedic torture of having to watch <laughs> uh, Mao and Zoe 
saying very awkward <laughs> things. <laughs> She's so brilliant with, take me, Sarah, take me, her. <laughs> She's just so good. Yeah. And then um, Jane's there, and like then he's just like, that's just wrong. Like, I think everything's hot, and even I think that is messed up. It's, yeah. No, that shouldn't be happening. Stop it. Obviously, we know that Mal's a good man, hmm. and we all agree on that fact, but we also all agree and have talked about how you know, Mal also gets shit done. Mm. And if you push a good man like Mal to the edge, he will kill you or whatever. But I don't think he's... Um... It's interesting, this whole thing about, like, meeting, r- truly meeting someone. Mm. And we have it with, like, Anara. She's, she's saying that she doesn't ever really relax around any of her clients. And does she really, you know, is her true self around the crew or is she maybe only a true self when she's with Mr. Malcolm Reynolds mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's a lot of kind of like a lot of people wearing masks a lot of people do a lot of people act and like when do we really see their true selves indeed if you, if you really think about it if you're going to watch the episode Sean Yu does really have a point because you think about it like uh, Mal and Wash, they've been on this ship together for what? Like a good few years. It's been a while. Long enough for Wash to grow and then get rid of a terrible moustache. So they've they've like they've been through the they've been through shit together. Like they've lived together, worked together. Yeah, they've they've shared bread and space for years. But it wasn't until now, until Nishka took them in, chained them to the tables and did horrible things to each other, that they really actually like spoke and really met each other for the first time like if you really think about it i mean he's kind of right like it was only when we were pushed to this extreme situation that they were really able to like be honest with each other and air this shit that must have been building up for quite a while even if it wasn't really kind of on screen there was very little of that tension built up through the episode it was really just this episode that there was that much tension but it it was there and like now, now we see it all come to a head, and it's like now after that they are at a much better place than they've ever been. But it took being tortured for that to happen. It's like, I mean, he may have been a violent sociopathic dictator, but Shanyu may have had a point. Yeah, and I think uh, the majority of characters go through some kind of breaking point in this episode because mm. we see. Obviously, Wash reaches his breaking point in hearing enough about these war stories and hearing enough about, um, you know, everything that Mao and uh, and Zoe share. And he reaches the breaking point where he actually starts being a dick. Well, not being a dick, but, you know, he gets to that point where he's like, all this tension is rising. And then, yeah, you get them, like, really hitting their breaking point, being tortured and, like, hashing it out. Um, And then you've got, um, like... Jane already kind of had his breaking point last episode and is now, like, meeting his true self, what mm. we think. And then we have Kaylee. Her breaking point is, like, being faced with, like, harming another person and she can't do it. Like, that's her true self, which we know is her anyway. Like, Cinnamon roll, yeah. She's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's interesting how, yeah, through this episode, we see kind of the majority of them reach some kind of breaking point and seeing what their true self is. And Kaylee sees River hit some kind of point, mm. although River's not kind of like 
the rest, her brain is messed up and we don't know, you know, 100% still what she's been through. And But for Kaylee, she's kind of like, is that is that the true river? Is that is that the river that's underneath and can pop out at any time? Terrifying thought. Let's hope none of them, you know, meet someone called Miranda. <laughs> Thankfully, that's not one of your Safbridge's aliases. That could have been quite awkward. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> You've done it now. Yeah, although I imagine that probably would have ended badly for Saffron more than the crew, but yeah, it's fine. But interestingly, we kind of we, we see the, the true self of everyone in this episode, except for the one person whose true self we never know, which is Shepard Book. We only ever get little hints. It's kind of I think this would have been a good time to get a little bit of backstory, you know, a prequel to the book. But sadly, wasn't meant to be yeah all in all this is a great episode it is yeah it's one of the best kind of episodes in the series for continuity there's a lot of references to other episodes there's a lot of setups for kind of future episodes so while on the surface it may seem like it's a relatively sort of standalone throwaway episode there's actually is a lot baked into it that we just kind of either can't see or don't pick up on until later times and yeah, as we as we've said four or five times so far this episode, it's just like fifty percent iconic repeatable lines, which even by Joss's standards is quite usually he goes for like twenty five to thirty percent iconic lines. This episode is like fifty percent. It's hard because it's like really serious in one respect because it's all about torture and stuff, and but then it's like really funny mm. on the other side because we have like this hilarious stuff going on between like wash your mouth but that's also really serious because you're like you know this is their relationship and they're supposed to be this perfect couple that we've always kind of been like this is our perfect couple Mm. our perfect tv couple they can't be having issues um and then we have like yeah all like the river and kaylee stuff and it's kind of like but just as a watching like i feel like you can just like i was laughing out loud this Mm. is a great episode and like say the one-liners and iconic lines that you can carry through and put on a t-shirt if you want um are fantastic but Mm. it's definitely i don't think there's anything bad about this episode that i can pick up on and be like and like pick at yeah and then i think we're gonna go from one of our favorite episodes to like the next one which is gonna be one that we might i can't honestly can't remember much from it which kind of tells you (laughs) they're all good aren't they they're all good like you can sit and watch firefly through and it's like a great show but i think yeah we've definitely got like the less not bad, but less memorable episodes and then like ones like this where it's like when you think about describing Firefly to someone, you know, oh, you've got that episode with with Mao and Wash going off on an adventure and getting tortured. You you, you remember this. <laughs> so uh, we'll take this moment to thank our listeners because we're very, very thankful to all of our listeners. Um, we hope that you're enjoying this as much as we're enjoying watching Firefly and talking about Firefly. Um, you can send us your letters uh, and join our discussion uh, if you would like to. Uh, send those to fireflybits at gmail.com. That's fireflybits at gmail.com. And join us again next episode for the appropriately titled Trash. Saffron returns to Plague Serenity with a scheme to steal a rare antique weapon from a wealthy landowner. Unfortunately for Mal, she neglects to mention just how she came across the information needed to break into the landowner's home. Yeah, so we'll be talking about trash next time. Uh, 
thank you again to everyone for listening to our Firefly uh, discussion and somewhat ramblings. Uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, we'll see you next time on Firefly Back in the Skies. Bye, everyone. If anyone needs me, I'll be in my bunk. Mm-hmm.